My name is Ryan Lindner. I am the host of the Pal Pod. Today I had the pleasure of interviewing Rick Bauman and Jackie Postal from St. Louis. They have five stores down there. And it was a pleasure interviewing them and talking with them. If you want to be on the podcast with me, please shoot me an email at my email address listed in the comments section. I hope you enjoyed the interview. All right, I'm here with Rick Bauman and Jackie Postal about uh, their stores. And how many stores do you guys have? We have five stores in the St. Louis area, um, three that are actually in St. Louis and two that are in Illinois, um, just about an hour outside of St. Louis. So are you baseball fans? Absolutely. Yep, giant Cardinal fans. Is Pujols going to break the 700 mark anytime soon? I think so. He got to seven, uh, 697 yesterday. Yeah, we're planning on it. Okay, hopefully not the next two days, three days, right? (laughs) (laughs) I guess we're playing your team. We're playing the Brewers. Yeah, you guys are playing the Brewers this week in St. Louis. And then he can break it next week in Milwaukee. I got tickets to those games. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. (laughs) So how did did you guys get in the business? Rick, we'll start with you. Uh, We got in the business. uh, It's been a long family tradition. My great, great grandfather uh, started a lumber yard around the turn of the century, uh, not the last turn of the century, but the 1800 and 1900 turns of the century. And my great-grandfather and grandfather both worked for him. Uh, my grandfather went out on his own and was a manufacturer rep, selling uh, Titan chainsaws and snapper lawnmowers. My dad ended up working for him and um, bought a little hardware store in Brentwood, Missouri in 1956 when he was a junior in college. Um, I was conceived uh, at the service center, and so I've been in the business since birth, but um, got in really involved, uh, started at 11, got really involved uh, when I was out of college in 1982. So my dad had uh, seven hardware stores. He had a 50% partner, and they didn't see eye to eye, so uh, my dad sold the majority of the stores to his partner and kept one store, and uh, that's kind of where I got my start. Jackie, how did you get in the business? Uh, I, like my dad, was born into it, raised in it. Um, you know, I had my first job in a, at our hardware store here, and when I was 16, being a cashier, um, I worked all through high school and college at that store. And, um, you know, I left for a little bit to pursue something else in my career and ended up coming back. And within six months of working for my dad, realized that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, that this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. What are the day-to-day jobs you two do in the stores? Well, I am um, a supervisor at one of our locations, but I also am in charge of training, innovation, and um, working with all the other stores to make sure that they have what they need as far as training and innovation. Um, So that's kind of what I do on a day-to-day basis. Basis. I do work with our customers pretty frequently. I'd say probably four days out of the week. Um, yeah. 
And uh, I'm CEO and kind of semi-retired. I uh, spend about 15 to 20 hours a week in the hardware business. I have some other business interests that I'm involved in. Um, but I still kind of from a hands-on standpoint handle um, all the pricing, uh, you know, review all the financial data, uh, take care of the uh, accountants and the lawyers as well as the real estate. And um, that's pretty much it right now. What do you two love about the hardware business and specifically um, the Ace Hardwares that you own? I love um, the local feel that you get every time you walk into an Ace Hardware store. I mean, whether it's our store or it's, you know, a store in our area or across country, they all have that same, like, small feel. Like, you always feel welcomed. You always feel um, like you're being taken care of. It's not like a big box store where you can get um, – First of all, you walk in and you don't get any help at all, and then also you can't find anything. So I feel like um, the 10-foot rule of always being able to find an employee within 10 feet really applies at our stores, and that's what makes us special. And I uh, really enjoy the people in the industry. You know, I've made a lot of really, really good friends over the last 50 years in the hardware industry. And um, 99% of them are good, honest, hardworking, uh, caring individuals. And I've, I, like I said, have some of my best friends and some of the best relationships I've had in my life, uh, people in our business. What's one thing you dislike about, about your business or want to improve on in your business? For me, it's... Um, you know, it's a very complicated business. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of stuff can go wrong. So I would say the the broken, we call it broken shoelaces, are things that I've always disliked. Those are unexpected events that kind of take time out of your day or your week or your month and don't allow you to focus on the stuff that you like to do or stuff that you're more productive at. And, you know, there may be that in other businesses, but it seems like our business is pretty complicated. Um, I would say that I would dislike um, unnecessary personnel issues. You know, we, we are in a business of people. We work with people. We work for people. We are surrounded by people all the time. And, um, you know, there's always those certain people who – have a way of making things a little bit difficult every single day and so or you know once a week or whatever it is and that becomes difficult um and I don't like you know if only everybody in the world could just get along then that would be great but that's not how it is so that's the one thing I don't like about it looking back at all my years in the store I think you know when you said difficult I think of all the customers that only want to talk to you or only want to talk to somebody else and they won't talk listen to anybody else um, what's your weirdest customer story? My weirdest customer story, um, we had, and this goes way back when I was uh, early on in the business, we had one store, and I was working, you know, nights and weekends and 80 hours a week. But we had one guy who came in every Saturday morning, like religiously, right when we opened, and he drove an old 
car that was spray painted black and he wore a black shirt and black pants and a black hat and he bought black rubber gloves and black spray paint and black rope every Saturday morning and I thought that was a little weird. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you always do have that one customer that you kind of question their um, motives behind what they're purchasing mm-hmm. too. Um, yeah. And um, mine um, would definitely be this customer that I had during COVID who um, showed up in a full hazmat suit and decided that he had a pest problem. So we helped him find the right products for um, his mouse and deer situation that he had going on. Um, And he comes up to the checkout line and very nicely gives everybody their space and um, grabs a impulse candy caramel off the uh, countertop and so I I ring all that out and I'm like oh sir do you want those in separate bags and he's like oh no it's fine and then shortly after I put it in the bag with all of the poison that he just bought for his pest he then takes it right out of the bag and pops it in his mouth (laughs) I'm like okay well, I don't think that COVID's going to kill you, but the poison might. So, <laughs> you know, my my dad always said, um, "Son, part of being in retail is you got to be like a shrink, right?" So he was like, five percent of the people that come in the store are like a half bubble short of level. So you got to put on your white jacket and try to figure out what you really need." <laughs> yep. That's a that's a good analogy. What about your What about your best customer story? Uh, my best customer story was I was uh, 18 years old, and um, Jackie, you better close your ears on this one. Okay. And a gal came in at about 7 o'clock at night, and she uh, had a wet T-shirt on. She was soaking wet. She had plumbing fittings in um, her hands. She was a very attractive lady. And I said, oh, my you got a mess. And she's like, yes, I do. She's like, can you help me with that? I'm like, yeah, sure. I go, where, where's it from? She's under my sink. I go, oh, well, do you know, is it a compression fitting or is it a solder fitting? She goes, well, I don't know. What's the difference? And I said, well, one you sweat and one you screw. And she said, well, I think, I thought you do that at the same time. So I got a big (laughs) chuckle out of that. (laughs) Oh, well, um, I don't know if I would say it's so much as a best customer story as, um, you know, when I was a really young um, cashier, we had a couple of my uh, dad's friends were pretty regular customers in our store. And they always loved to pull the um, come in the store and ask for products that don't exist with me and see test my knowledge to see if I knew where they are. And, you know, a couple were like the left-handed hammers or, you know, the um, just totally random items. And so, yeah, they always find a way to get a good chuckle out of you. And Especially when she would ask for the left hammer over the radio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you'd send her down the pest control aisle to find it, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, how do you two define success in your business? So for me, success is really numbers. You know, it's 
making sure we have the profitability to have the return on the assets that uh, we deserve for the risks that we have in our business. And that allows us to define success in other ways, which is giving back to the community, um, supporting, you know, the 100-plus employees and their families that we have, um, you know, having the time and energy and, and desire to uh, work on charitable endeavors. And um, that's success for me. Yeah, I would have to agree with him on that one. I think that um, while you we like to measure success financially, you know, there are a lot of other aspects of success that we have in our business, um, success with our um, employees and with their families and um, also success with our customers. You know, I, I think a successful customer is someone who chooses your store every time they have an issue with their home. So that's success for me. What are your two leadership styles? Are they similar or are they completely opposite end of the spectrum from each other? I would say they're probably similar. Um, you know, my leadership style has always been, you know, to hire for attitude and then train people to be successful. You know, clearly define the expectations, um, give people enough rope uh, that they have some independence, but not too much rope that they hang themselves, um, and be a good delegator, not abdicator. So make sure that, you know, I follow up and people are doing what they say they're going to do. Um, and just having good relationships with the people that you work with, you know, treat them like you would want to be treated. Yeah, um, I feel like I have a very empowering leadership style. I, um, you know, want growth from within our company. I want, um, you know, our employees to feel like they always have that opportunity to grow if that's what they want. Um, and also that if they will have that thirst or that want for knowledge that we provide that for them and show and lead by example, but also provide that training for them as well. Besides plumbing, Rick, what are you good at in your store and what is your area of expertise? Um, I've always been really good at numbers, so I'm good at finance, I'm good at accounting. Um, uh, I think I do a real good job at um, managing inventories and uh, pricing. Um, you know, those are almost second nature for me. Um, and I think I'm a good leader. I think I clearly set expectations and communicate well, um, teach people the functions of management and, uh, allow our managers to, uh, grow and be successful on their own. Jackie, yeah. what about you? Um, I would say that I'm good with customer service. It's also, um, you know, the favorite part of my job. I love being with people, solving problems with them, um, you know, figuring things out. Um, I feel pretty confident in most of our departments that I work. Um, but, you know, if there's ever that 
plumbing problem or that electrical problem that I just can't figure out or I don't know the answer to, then I'm happy to ask for help. Or, you know, there's always that customer two aisles over that hears you talking about it and comes over and assists you as well. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I'm pretty good at uh, that and managing people as well. Um, I try to um, lead at, by example and also provide that um, kind of a kind-hearted management, but also can be stern when needed type of way. What is your least favorite job to do in the store um, on a day-to-day -day basis? I don't have one because all my least favorite jobs I've delegated to other people. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like I don't have a least favorite. I know that sounds um, bad because I feel like the things that normally I would consider a least favorite are still things that I do, still things that I um there's no job that's too low for me at this point. You know, I'm happy to do carry outs, to drive the forklift, to, you know, clean the toilets and break room, happy to, you know, do a cashiering shift when someone calls in. Um, it, you know, to me, those are all just part of my job. And so I don't really consider any of them my least favorite. What is that one odd job that you will never give up? Um, for me, it's reading our dashboards, our financial states, looking at our numbers every day and uh, when they're not where they need to be uh, over a period of a week or a month or whatever, challenging our team to, you know, get back to where we need to be. Um, I think for me, it's... Uh communication and always having that listening ear, whether that's um, through email or whether that's through ACENET, staying involved in what's going on in the company in general, um, or just always being available for um, advice or if there's, you know, a fire that we need to put out. Um, those are just things that I'm always willing to do. It doesn't matter the time, date, or place. What is uh, the most important lesson you learned over your careers? Uh, for me, it's a, uh, I really think that, you know, success is uh, built on the foundation of having good relationships and uh, people are important. And so it's treating people how you would want to be treated. Um, for me, it's a um, respect thing. I feel like we really respect our customers and we, um, you learn that through the customer service that we provide them, but even more so, it's something that I bring with me um, when I'm a, you know, shopper at a store. I feel like I should respect people as though they should respect me and yeah. If you could go back to your 16 or 18 year old self and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? 
Mine is uh, stick it out. Um, as my dad knows, as when I was younger, I had a, I was very, I was changing my mind all the time. Um, I felt like I, you know, not so much the grass is always greener on the other side, but I had a hard time deciding what exactly I wanted to do um, with my life and what made me truly happy. And so I feel like I should have always just told myself to stick it out. I know it's hard, um, but you got to stay committed and, um, you know, things will get better in time. Um, that's a good question. You know, I did a lot of things right. So I would say um, 18, you know, I guess mature faster. I wish I had known and done at 18, what I was doing at 23 or 24. And uh, the other one would be uh, only get married once. Find the right person <laughs> the first time. It save you a lot of headaches and a lot of money. <laughs> uh, what is unique about your ACE store? Or ACE stores, I should say. You know, I think the most unique thing about us is probably our culture. Um, I think we have a good culture, very open management style. We have good people that work really well together. Um, our stores, uh, although aren't 100% consistent 100% of the time, uh, you know, I think when you walk in one of our stores, you know that it's a Rick store, Ace Hardware store. And um, yeah, I, I think our culture is, is uh, really good um i think that we have carry some very like unique niches um we do have some stores that carry products that are different than a normal ace hardware store um for one our uh, store out in town and country missouri is um they have we just did a renovation and they have this big, beautiful um, barbecue and patio set up. And, you know, then when you look right opposite that, you have, you know, candles and um, hand soaps and Oakley glasses and all kinds of different things. And I hear more than a million times in a week, you know, I never thought I would find this in a hardware store. Um, so, you know, I'm pretty proud of that. We um, also have... Um, a store over in Highland, Illinois that has a um, candy shop in it and some Hallmark items and they just carry some really awesome items that you wouldn't find at a normal hardware store. Let's talk a little bit about COVID. What did COVID um, take us through the past two years? What did COVID, how did it impact your business and, and what did you do to um, to get through it? Um, I think the one thing that COVID really did was made us uh, learn how to be very reactive. Um, you know, certainly it was a huge boost in sales, but it took a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of hands-on. Um, and it got us really focused on e-commerce execution. I think, you know, our business exploded, but so much of it was like buy online, pick up at store, or buy
buy online, deliver from store. And, you know, we had dipped our toes in the water there and we had embraced it, but we really didn't have much traction from the consumer. So when COVID hit, it was like all of a sudden we're getting 20, 30 orders per day per store. And we had to, you know, reinvent how our operations went and put new policies and procedures in place so that we could execute uh, to the standard that our customers expect. And as a result, uh, we've continued to embrace technology and try to innovate both in the stores and out of the stores uh, so that we can do a better job of providing the goods and services that our customers want. Yeah, I would agree with the um, the reactiveness. You know, I feel like we spend a lot of time trying to be proactive and trying to see what's going to happen next. But COVID was something that none of us expected, um, and it definitely, you know, it hit hit us pretty hard. Um, you know, we had a big traffic flow and we were understaffed. Um, you know, we. And then you had all these different policies that were changing week to week um, based on the counties and all of that. But um, overall, I feel like we, our team members became a lot stronger because of it. They worked together harder as a team and it really built that um, teamwork togetherness that um, was in each store. We started appreciating each other a little bit more um, and, you know, also we're um, a lot more aware of, obviously, germs and stuff like that. So I feel like those have also placed some big differences in how we um, run our stores now um, on a daily basis. What type of innovation did you bring um, to the stores through COVID? Well, definitely uh, expanding off of that e-commerce. Yeah. E-commerce was a big one. You know, we um, we literally within a week were going to the sign store and having signs made that said, you know, uh, reserve parking for pickup orders and text your order number to this phone. So we went out and got uh, additional devices for the store so that we had somebody that was always in charge of making sure that when an order came in, it got processed. When it needed to get picked up, it got out to the consumer, touchless. Um, so that was big innovation. And, uh, you know, we continue to uh, roll that out in our stores. So we always have somebody that's in charge of the... Um, our AOS captain. AOS captain in charge of managing those orders from... Mm -hmm receiving to uh, getting them to the consumer uh, delivery. Yeah. Uh, we had to come up with systems to make sure that uh, our deliveries went out on time and that, you know, we weren't being inefficient in our delivery process. So, you know, mapping out the deliveries and scheduling them and consuming the, and communicating with the consumer. Um, so that, I think those are the 
certainly the key ones. And, uh, you know, even things as simple as, okay, when you had a special order come in, making sure that you had the procedure and policies in place so that it didn't show up on your RSO the next week because it's not a stock item or evaluating items that got ordered more than three or four times and making it a stock item. So we put a lot of those kind of policies and procedures in place and, and back them up with technology to make sure that we're as efficient as possible. Yeah, um, I would have to add on to um, his comment about deliveries as well. You know, prior to COVID, we had, you know, other than grill deliveries for other items in the store, um, we had delivery days only set up three days a week. Um, and now we do deliveries on a daily basis, um, whether that's from um, an employee in the store just running that out during the day or scheduling that big delivery with our actual delivery driver to um, use like our bigger trucks for that. But we try to become uh, way more flexible for our customers as far as deliveries. Looking ahead to the future, what's your ideas for ACE's future? Um, you know, I've been around ACE for a long time. Uh, we joined ACE in 1960 as a 362nd store. Uh, and ACE is certainly, as we have, has had ups and downs and bumps in the road. You know, but I continue to uh, push ACE to, you know, be the low-cost provider. Um, I, I think that the model of having three to five deliveries a week um, and getting 90% of your merchandise out of the warehouse, uh, makes more sense maybe than the models we do today where a lot of stores have big back rooms or multi-stores have to have warehouses uh, or Ace wants you to buy at the show and other quarterly special deals or buy dropship. Uh, and then um, innovation with technology, you know, continue to look at things like LED in tags and anything else that can improve productivity in our stores because it continues to be hard to find quality people uh, to work in our stores and to meet the standards and efficiencies that we that we have. So I think that's a big one. And you know, I always when I was on the board, I always told the board and officer team, they should always do. Uh, for us, what they can do better, faster, or cheaper than we can do for ourselves. And I believe that should continue to be the core mission. What impact will the ACE 100 program have on your business? I know there's not a lot of details yet, but is that a program you're looking forward to to springboard for ACE's 100th anniversary? Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I personally, I, you know, I think there's good stuff there. Um, it's another program that needs execution. Um, but, you know, we, we like the, uh, kind of in-home services. Uh, we haven't been able to pull a trigger on anything yet, but, um, I think, you know, that's something that's always 
I felt would tie in well with our business. Um, and we like differentiating and having, uh, you know, brands that our competitors don't. That gives us a leg up. But, you know, long term, I think it's just uh, another way for us to look at continuous quality improvement. And we've always been about that, you know, CQI. And I think this is just another step in CQI and uh, trying to find ways to best serve our neighbors. Yeah, um, I think the the ACE 100, I um, think it's just a really great way of enhancing what we're already doing, um, you know, really putting that F, extra staff and extra effort into um, being more for our customers, being more for our employees, making um, you know, like everybody's life a little bit easier. Um, you know, it is nice to think of the handyman services as well. You know, at, at the current moment, we recommend local handymen to our customers, but it really would be nice for us to have somebody that we know, trust, and works for us to be there to do all of their projects for them. What about products in your store? What's the newest and greatest product that you've brought in? Um, we were just talking about some kind of random ones, like um, we started carrying the pink stuff as a cleaning product. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. It's like all over social media and especially on clean talk on TikTok. Everyone likes this pink stuff. And it's been actually a really great product for your we're moving it pretty well. Um, at the show in Chicago, we got turned on to the cracked corn. I don't know if you tried that, Ryan, but it's pretty addicting. It lives up to its name for sure. Um, but on the hardware side, we um, like the new low-voltage lighting um, for outdoor lighting. I love that idea. Um, I actually just implemented it at my own house, and so, you know, Excited about that. And I really like the ego misting fan. Pretty that cool. Was one. That was one the other day. We were sitting outside and it's like, it'd be nice to have today. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Bring a couple in for your employees to sit outside during the hot days of deliveries and put it out there for um, them to relax. Yeah, and the whole, you know, just the whole ego line has just turned out to be, you know, such a great product line for us. Yeah. Yes, it yeah. has. Go ahead, Jackie. Oh, I was going to say we love Ego. I mean, I it's, it's a huge seller. We also do sell steel, but, I mean, for so many people who want to go the battery-operated route, I just love their, um, you know, concept with the one battery fits all, but that they have different size batteries and um, also how affordable they make it for um, our customers. Because, you know, there's there are some other brands out there that make you buy tool only. Then you have to purchase the um, battery and the charger. And it's really nice that Ego just puts everything all together for them. Um, so, yeah. What technology do you use in the stores? Any apps or anything that uh, 
maybe we haven't heard about before? Um, well, one new technology that we're excited to start, um, we're still implementing it, is the Mango Backstock system. Um, that sounds just like a really great idea, and honestly, it's going to solve a lot of problems for us. Um, so just always having that product available and um, knowing exactly which items you need to bring down from Backstock, um, that's really what I'm like the most excited about. Um, but also that we're just invest, investing in more zebras. Um, those have been very helpful in um, our stores and you know we wanna just keep making things more convenient for our team members as well. And for me, it's, um, you know, it's not there yet, but I continue to do research on it and look at it and try to follow what other retailers are doing, but uh, RF thin tags. Um, not sure how well the consumer is going to embrace it, but clearly, as we've seen with inflation over the last year and the, you know, four, 5,000 price changes a week, very labor intense, very difficult. And uh, if we could get to a, a point where, you know, you can monetize the RF FinTag, I think that would be great technology. At what point do you pull the trigger for those? I mean, that's the biggest debate right now is the cost of them is so, so high. But at what point do you pull the trigger in your stores? Yeah, we can discuss, right? I don't know if it's, you know, $5 each or dollars each or what um there there's a point where particularly on not the whole store but areas where we see uh price changes more often not you know it makes sense but you know if you know twenty five thousand uh different peg hooks and, and bins in your store at five each you know that's a hundred and twenty grand what's the labor savings Justify that over three, probably. Yeah, for us, the financial return on investment, as soon as, like, it really is going to be worth that. And also, um, the biggest thing is the labor. Yeah, and as labor costs go up, it makes mm -hmm. more and more sense, you know. It used to be that nobody was for $15 an hour, and now nobody asks for $15 an hour because they're at $20 an hour. Let's talk about your, your dealer group, the St. Louis group. That's the Arch group, correct? Yes. What, um, how often do you participate in events with that, that group? Personally, I love Arch. I mean, we are super active um, each other. We do meet once a month, and then we also meet at shows, and, you know, we have Christmas get-together, and um we host a golf tournament um, in October to wait for CMN, and um, our whole group participates in that. So um, it is really great to be so close with other agencies that are in the area. What's the biggest benefit you've gotten from the arts group? Uh, lots of ideas. Um, a be uh, getting to understand that we're not enemies, you know, 
our allies and, and working together to make Ace part of a great name in the market. Um, we still have a huge benefit from advertising and marketing but as we continue to reduce advertising, I don't know that there's as much it, but we shared so many great ideas over the uh, year. You know, people just nugget and uh, it pays for a whole year's time in the meeting. So we've been fortunate, very blessed to uh, uh, group since um, the 90s. So 20 plus years, um, 30 plus years now, and uh, a lot of good friends and great relationships uh, with all the other members of the mm -hmm. What it has been one of your favorite stores you visited throughout the entire country, the one that sticks out in your mind? Um, gosh, favorite store I visited. I know that's hard for me too. I've seen so many, and honestly, each has something that makes them special, makes them unique. Um, you know, that's another thing I do love about pieces is that they're different. I mean, there's not a single store like another. Um, while they may have a set up. They're all different in the way they run their culture. They're all different in the way that they look. They, um, so yeah. I mean, I like that they're all so different. Yeah, and it's hard for me to remember because I've been visiting stores for 40 years, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how are you involved in your communities? Uh, I've always been very, you know, I've done a lot of I'm on the local board for the Children's Miracle Network. Um, I'm on a local bank. Um, I was president of our Rotary Club, um, involved in several other charities, like our little Hayes McDonald House. And um, so we're very uh, invested, both from a charitable standpoint and a standpoint. You know, we ask each of our uh, managers to be member of their local chamber of commerce or the Rotary or Lion Club. Um, and we encourage them to do charity in their town and uh, support that. You know, we give them uh, the time and uh, backing to do that. Yeah, we also do something pretty similar. Um, two weeks out of the year, we allow stores to choose their own energy that they want to find um, the team members or the ones that which one. So then instead of the rights for Children's Network, they can choose something a little closer to home. Um, you know, I do remember that last year we had a couple different um, employees who had family members who all Alzheimer's. So we contributed greatly to the Alzheimer's Association here in St. Louis. And it was really nice for our team members. I felt like more obligated to make that for donation because it wasn't so close to their heart. We love um, Children's Miracle and we love supporting kids in our community. Um, sometimes it's just really nice to 
go for something different that's still close to home. Is there anyone you recommend that we should talk to next? Hmm. I don't know who you can talk to. Mm. Um, you got to listen to the podcast more. I do. I yeah. Do. Um, I would say our, our longtime friends, the wise people, um, they have been um, close to family for 30 generations now. And Bill and I have other weddings. So, that's, you know, they live in California. We live in St. Louis. We've been our friends uh, for over 30 years. And, yeah. They, they do something different over in California. So, I mean, it's, things are super relatable. Things aren't, but I that's how they run their business over there. I will put Jordan on the list because I have her contact information, not Bill's. But but I did ride in the elevator in Chicago with him um, down from the uh, hotel to the lobby. So, you know, maybe he might know who I am. Yeah, Bill's a talker. He'd be happy to see you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be with someone in Napa Valley together next month. Is that an invitation for me to fly out too? <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> is there anything else you two want to talk about today? Anything that I missed that uh, that you wanted to bring up? Uh, nothing really. I just, you know, uh, when I was board, I was tasked with um, by Dave Hodnick that Ray Griffith and I um, come up with an idea on how to get young people in our industry involved. And uh, so I was fortunate and blessed to be the, the founding leader from a board perspective of the PAL group and got to we um, first started talking to people, coming up with a conference idea, and putting the structure. And you know, I just want to say that I'm really happy that the group is still together. And, uh, more people coming in all the time, and, and um, there's a, a real value and benefit for people to be in that group. So it makes me uh, excited for the future of our business. And thank you for your contributions putting this group together because it has been wonderful for me personally. And I hear that story so many times of, of how this group has helped grow so many businesses across the country. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, no. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I got for you today. Thank you for taking your time to, uh, to speak with me and, uh, Hopefully the Brewers can catch up to the Cardinals in the Central Division and both teams can make the playoffs this year. There you go. <laughs> Good luck with that. I was up there um my friend's two Elliot's funeral a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And man, that was a shocker. That's so sad. Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. All right, Ryan, we'll thank Thank you so much. You know, um, we really appreciate talking to you and on the podcast. Yeah, Ryan. Have a great day. We'll talk soon. Yep, sounds good. Thank you. Bye. Bye.